Hello, hello. Oh, this is such a special episode for me as I celebrate one year alcohol free. Yay! Oh, I'm here to just say thank you for being here with me along the way. And please, wherever you listen to this podcast, um, it looks like most of you are on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. It really helps. And pass it along, particularly this episode, to someone you may know who is questioning her or his relationship with alcohol. And maybe it will be of some help because, after all, that's why I'm doing this. So here is episode 35, One Year Alcohol-Free. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Grace Beeson. I'm a professional relationship coach trained in authentic leadership. Each week, I come to you on the Because Why Not podcast with stories from my own life of things I've experienced, things I've read, learned, anecdotes of every day, and that I hope that you will learn from or at least have a good laugh about. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. Would love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or anywhere that you listen regularly and subscribe. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. How are you? It's March 3rd, 2020, and I'm celebrating today one year of being alcohol free. It's actually 366 days, I was reminded by a friend, because we had leap year on February 29th this year, so it added a day to our one year. Um, So yay, here I am, and I was with you on the six months of it, and when I first began this podcast a year ago, I was about nine days into it, so March this year marks all kinds of milestones for me. And I just feel so grateful and happy and excited. And there are just a few things I want to say about it and really wanted to mark the occasion today by being here in this podcast, recording with you and sharing these feelings, because it truly feels like the most significant way in which I can mark this moment and this achievement and this feeling. Um, And so thank you for listening and being here with me today. And I'm just going to, as I do, share my thoughts and feelings about things. And um, yeah, and I'm just, again, like so thankful that I'm able to do this. It feels pretty amazing because I had March 3rd in my head. Um, you know, as the day that I knew I last had a drink and as I moved through this process over the year, my, um, sort of experiment or it began as an experiment of removing alcohol that really was, um, something I decided to do because I trusted my gut and my inner voice, my instinct, my soul, you know, all those things that are, uh, one in the same I trusted what I was hearing, the voice in my 
inner soul, you know, um, telling me really that there was a different way. That's how it began, which of course is what led me initially to reading the Sober Curious book by Ruby Warrington, which I've spoken about here. Um, my, my own questioning of my relationship with alcohol led me to reading the book, but the, the, the fact is, and I really want to be frank about this here because, um, I have been about almost everything else. I mean, the things I haven't been frank about with you are things I have not yet discussed with you, which I will do, (laughs) but I've been really upfront and honest about, um, my thoughts and feelings about, um, removing alcohol here. And I've shared that really openly. And so I'll continue to share my feelings openly here. So what I was going to say was that my relationship with alcohol was something that I questioned privately, quietly for at least 15 years before I decided to experiment with removing it from my life. What that internal conversation looked like was a questioning of my choices, my decisions, my actions, my behavior. It looked like a lot of what I call self-flagellation after drinking too much and sending stupid text messages or leaving messages or having conversations on the phone or in person that I felt terrible about or that I regretted, mostly because usually I had just done things that were, uh, how do I even say this? Like I would create drama. Can anyone else relate to that? especially in my twenties and early thirties, but I would create a lot of drama while I was drinking and it was just ridiculous and there was no point to it. And I think that's another deep conversation that I could probably tap into sometime, but I would create a lot of drama or I would have a lot of regret over conversations where I had made myself really vulnerable, but I had done it while I was drinking. So I wasn't prepared to deal with, um, how I felt when I was sober about having had those conversations, you know, so I would feel raw and, um, alone and scared and frustrated. And, you know, while at the same time, I would, um, have terrible physical symptoms. Like, um, you may have seen this term floating around now more. I had anxiety, which is anxiety that comes from a hangover and there's actual science behind it, which I won't go into right now, but I've read so much about the science behind why one feels anxiety after consuming alcohol. And it makes total and complete sense. I mean, the way alcohol affects your body is it, there's real science behind it. No one talks about it, but there's, um, a reason why you feel anxious, um, and awful after you drink. So I had um, just about as bad of anxiety, anxiety as you can imagine. Um, and I think I've mentioned that here before, but I would try and disappear from myself in those moments. I mean, literally like covers over the head, or I would go the opposite extreme of 
pretending like everything was fine because I didn't want for anyone to be on to me um, or question how much I had consumed in order to feel so terrible. So there was a lot of pretending, like getting up and going to work. Um, this is before I had my own business, but like getting up and going to work, um, when I had only stopped drinking a few hours before and was feeling awful or, um, or skipping work or when I had my own business, quote unquote, skipping work and, um, just, but, or going about my day and being like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I did that probably 150 times or more with my husband because I didn't want to be ridiculed for having, um, been too drunk or saying stupid things or having picked a fight or been a bitch or been difficult or going overboard. And, um, you know, I think he handled it in all those cases the best way he knew how for his own self-protection or just out of his own irritation and trying to live life. But I just didn't want to be questioned about it. And I remember, um, not only were the hangovers so bad and the anxiety and most of this that I'm describing was pre-children. That's neither here nor there, but it's just sort of putting a pin on a moment in time. It was prior to me being 35 and finally conceiving after four years of trying. And um, uh, yeah, most of these times were between, you know, the ages of, let's say, 18 and 34, um, 35. But yeah, just the feeling of trying to hide how bad I was feeling in order to deny to myself how bad it had been or gotten and to play an Oscar award-winning role to the people I loved or who were in my world, people I worked with or my husband, friends, um, that anything was wrong. Um, and I would have to get through that one day after sometimes it was two days. Like, and it was really bad. We would actually joke sometimes about, I have a two day hangover. Um, and it would be the third day after where I would feel sort of normal again. And, oh, it just kind of makes me shiver to think about that now because it was like my brain and my body was trying to piece itself back together. And that's really scary when you think about that. Um, about all the systems that I was hurting and that, um, we really do hurt when we overconsume. It's just a statement of fact, but, um, I'm not here to talk about drinking or not drinking in terms of a life choice or about which alcohol is the most toxic for you or which is not, you know, it's really about, um, the fact that I listened to my inner voice and set myself free and what's so interesting in reflecting back on it and having this conversation with myself and with others and with you so openly now in the way that I do is really um, letting the stuff bubble up and rise to the top that I really hid and didn't think about and repressed uh, and put away on a shelf um, way down in my subconscious about, um, the hangovers and the anxiety and the turmoil that I would feel inside about, uh, the way I had behaved. So that's the one piece of it that, you know, setting myself free from drinking alcohol has set myself free from all of that. And I can't 
really explain to you how meaningful that is and put, I can't put too fine a point on, um, the fact that removing that physical, mental, emotional, um, really spiritual stuff, those burdens that I created by over consuming, removing those from my life has been, um, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts I've ever given myself. And that's where I get emotional. Um, there is no one who knew but me what I was struggling with. That wasn't something that I was willing or able to share openly, honestly, vulnerably, because I didn't want the feedback. I just didn't want the feedback. I didn't want to hear that I would feel better if I drank less. And that's really hard to say. Um, and, but it's true. It's true. Um, I just, I knew that like everything else in my life, whatever I decided to do, if I ever decided to do anything about my relationship with alcohol, that it needed to be my own decision. Right. And that's what they say. You can't change unless you want to. And it's really so true. I mean, there, there's no one on planet earth. I think my husband would attest who's ever been able to say to me, you need to do this. And I've done it. I think my dad would also agree. I think a lot of people would agree. Um, I've been firmly suggested by both of those same people in my life to do various things. And I have listened but mostly, you know, I follow my own path. And there have been many, 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 many times in my life when I've made a decision where the people closest to me in my life look at me like I'm cuckoo birds. You know, I was just reminded by a dear friend who wrote me today to congratulate me on one year about the day that I sat down and told my friends in New York that I was leaving New York um, and I was starting my own event planning business and, you know, all those big decisions that I made where everyone was like, what the hell are you even talking about? Like you have a successful career in New York, you're happy, you know, you're having fun, you're like living the life, you know, why are you going to uproot yourself and go move down South to be with your college boyfriend who you haven't dated in five years? Or why are you going to leave a steady job and just out of nowhere, start a wedding planning business? Or that's crazy. That's going to be hard. Or, um, any number of things that I've done. And I was reminded that like, I've never shied away from challenges. I've always, I've always taken on big challenges. And frankly, with the exception of my law school applications, which was a gift from the universe, thank you, um, that I didn't get in, I've always succeeded with my challenges. And I think the drinking thing was so huge because I was like, you know, if I acknowledge how I'm feeling or I decide to make a change, um, I'm going to rip the lid off something really big here that number one, I'm not certain I can follow through with. Number two, I'm not certain I can succeed at. And number three, maybe most significantly to me through the years, the way I felt was, can I be brave enough to be open about this and make this change? Um, and that's a really key piece of all of this that I want to be sure I touch on. 
which is that I'm really fortunate to be a part of this moment in time where the discourse around drinking and alcohol use is changing. For 70 years, it has been, I think I'm using 70, 80 years because that's when AA started. I don't really have any other frame of reference for treatment and when it began. So I, I don't know how to say that. But for as long as I know, the discussion of not just alcoholism, but having a complex relationship with alcohol or having trouble with drinking. I mean, there wasn't even more language for it, right? There wasn't gray area drinking. There wasn't sober curiosity, the movement, which was started a year ago. There was nothing. It was shrouded in secrecy. It was shrouded in shame. It was black or white. It was you drink or you don't. It was, you're an alcoholic or you're not. And the beauty of the time that we live in right now is that people are discussing it in a different way. And I'm so proud to say that this charge is being led by women. Um, it just is. I mean, there are men doing powerful work as well, I'm sure. I'm down the rabbit hole with women who are writing these beautiful memoirs and books and um, starting movements and all of that. Um, but it's a way of changing the way we think about it. I mean, people are in society, in culture now talking about this in a different way. And the biggest piece about it, well, there are two of the biggest pieces about it. I think one is the acknowledgement that drinking is not black or white. There is a huge gray area. So you're not either a drinker or an alcoholic or a non-drinker or an alcoholic. Um, people have all different kinds of relationships with alcohol. You know, I mean, it's just too big to even get into here. I've said before, I don't identify as an alcohol, uh, alcoholic, but for me, the term just doesn't, uh, how do I say this? For me, it feels that the term doesn't serve me. Um, and my process feels different. That said, I'm super open to the process and curious about attending AA and love the idea of moving through the steps because I think it's a real spiritual and healing journey, which you know, I love, but the point being that I fall somewhere in that gray spectrum as someone who doesn't identify as an alcoholic, but does identify as someone with a completely complex relationship with alcohol, which was holding me back even after I had children. And, um, and, uh, so, but first let me finish that. The two major shifts right now are in the acknowledgement and more the greater awareness that there's a gray area between the black and white, which is so huge. And two, with all of these um, books being written and uh, platforms rising up with women speaking about this and men too more openly, it has removed the shame and there's nothing more powerful than that. Nothing. What once was taboo is now becoming conversation. It's becoming commonplace. It's not yet. But, you know, the fact that I was told by my husband that at, at an, a conference on alcohol 
over five days in Los Angeles that there was a whole portion of it devoted to the rise of alcohol-free beverages and that how everyone would be smart to get in on that right now because it's only getting bigger because people are changing their habits. I mean, there's just so much that's shifted. And as I've spoken about before here on different topics, and I'll continue to talk about it because it's showing itself to be like such an important, uh, thing for me, um, is, is about removing shame and God, what a, what a great thing because we keep ourselves hiding things. We keep our secrets because we feel shame. Isn't that right? Like no matter what our secrets are, we keep them because we feel shame. So yesterday I, you know, I've become very open about things in my life, mostly in this podcast and through my coaching, but it felt really important to me to get on my personal social media, which now I just wonder why I don't combine everything because it's one and the same, the coaching and the coaching is me. I am the coaching. I am the person, but I know who's following the personal one on Instagram and Facebook, and it's a lot of people. And it felt really important for me to share openly about my one year alcohol free. And there was a moment of fear that was quickly, um, just, it was quickly taken away by the true belief and understanding that my being brave and my being vulnerable and my sharing is going to help someone else. And so I did it. And as I said in my post, I'm sharing all of this publicly almost more for others than for me because I'm great. And this has been such a happy process for me. I won't tell you that it's been easy. I think I've been very upfront about the fact that there have been times when, um, not drinking has been one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I'm certain that as I continue down this road, which I so clearly am, my experiment has turned into a lifestyle and a choice, um, because I have found my greatest presence in life and joy and connection without alcohol. But, um, you know, as I move forward with this, it's, it's important for me to be open about it. And I hadn't done it in that way on Instagram and Facebook. I guess I had on Instagram when I was three months alcohol free, but it felt significant to sort of put it out there in a way, because as much as I shy away from Facebook, I do know that it's something people really use. And I knew that it would be a way of reaching people. And I knew that it would be an additional way of sort of setting myself free even further because I was telling so many people at one time and so many people who I've been in rooms with recently and over the past year who had no idea um, and who I thought, how am I going to have this conversation or am I going to? And it's really interesting because, um, you know, 
the conversation and the ordering of non-alcoholic drinks or coming up with great cocktails or sharing what I'm going through becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. But I'll be totally honest. I have found myself in conversations recently with moms who I'm just getting to know at school or whatever, where they're talking about their drinking and they're going out and they're doing this and that. And I haven't been upfront. And I, and I really thought a lot about that. And I was like, huh, Like, that's really something to look at, right? And I made myself look at it. Like, why am I not sharing that? What am I afraid of? What do I feel shame about? And is it holding me back, right? So I decided to share it really publicly. And as I said in my Facebook post, which maybe some of you saw, um, I share this openly almost more for others than for me. You know, I am full of less fear and full of more joy than I ever thought that I could have been at this moment in my life without a bottle of rosé by my side. And I'm sharing this openly because this language and this conversation around drinking and about changing our relationship with alcohol, if we choose to, is finally changing. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of helping move that forward. There is nothing shameful about not drinking. There is nothing embarrassing about not drinking. It's brave to recognize that you have a behavior you're uncomfortable with. It's brave to acknowledge that it may be holding you back. It's brave to consider making a change. It's certainly brave to make a change. And whether you're doing this to save your life or you're doing it because you no longer want to feel hangovers and want to feel less awful on a regular basis, or if you're somewhere in between and you're considering more mindful drinking and um, looking more closely at cutting down and looking at the why and the how and the when of you drinking or how you use it rather than just enjoy it, um, any of it's brave to do. And so my reason for putting it out there was to say, you know, I have learned over this past 12 months that my life is to be in service of others and to help others move forward in a meaningful way in their lives through my own story, through my own struggles, through all of the things in my own life that I've experienced and moved forward from or learned from, it's exactly what I'm here to do. And it's just been this amazing realization that the way that I'm um, going to spend my life and help people is through being me, like through my story. And and so that's why I shared it publicly and it was, it wasn't easy, but I knew it was right and it felt great. And I just want to say that, um, and this makes me super emotional. I have been so, um, moved by the responses, not just of love and support for me, but for, um, and you know, and for accomplishing the one year, but the support and love for me around me being brave about sharing my story in effort to help others. And, um, and also to the people who've written back and responded about how long they've been sober too. And many of these people are people who have been in my life, but not who I talk to on the phone or text with, but I certainly didn't know that they're sober. And, 
um, I just felt so grateful that they shared that with me openly and, um, yeah. And it really moved me because I thought, you know, this is a way to move the needle and make it more comfortable for people to say, this is what I'm suffering from. Me too. This is what I'm going through. Right. Oh. And this is different for me because it's not about rescuing. It's not about pleasing other people. It's not about me trying to fix other people in a way that takes away from the energy I'm giving to myself, my family, um, which is the way in which I used to help people, which was all in trying to rescue, trying to fix people. This is about the fact that I've taken 12 months to completely turn the focus and the attention on me. Um, and there's been some fallout in that, but mostly it's been wonderful. And because I've experienced the joy and the power in prioritizing myself. Um, I'm able to now share that with other people. And I just can't tell you what that means to me. So um, removing alcohol from my life uh, started all of this. It started everything I've been through over the last year, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there have been some really hard moments. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard them. But there's also been such triumph. And uh, my most important relationships, particularly within these four walls, are stronger than ever. And um, my relationship with myself is stronger than ever. And such an incredible time where, um, you know, again, anything is possible and that we are willing to be more vulnerable and brave and talk about things openly. Um, I really offer the utmost respect and love and just all of it to the people I know and love who have been sober for years and have done it diligently and privately and quietly and have done it at least for a while with a great deal of shame and secrecy because that was what the world told them they were to feel about having a problem with drinking or being an alcoholic or having a complex relationship with alcohol. And the fact that these people have gotten sober and strengthened themselves and thrived in their lives while also carrying around the burden of shame because of what they're experiencing is really something and really like gets me because I'm able to do this in a way that is upfront and outward and vulnerable. And I feel way less scared about doing that because there are so many other women on far, far bigger platforms than my own doing it too. And they've led the way for me. So, um, I don't know guys, I just, 
been thinking about honoring this moment, like really recognizing it and celebrating it. And, and yesterday I kept thinking like, it's such a big day, you know, and yet it's just like any other day. And I'm, I'm driving the boys to baseball and I'm doing this and that. And, and yet I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, it's like I said in the last episode, you couldn't have paid me to be an alcohol-free baseball mom um, even five years ago. And now I just relish it and I look forward to it. And my life is exactly as I want it to be because I have made it so because I've created it to be what I want it to be and um, because I have an incredible incredibly supportive husband, um, and family and friends and all of that. Like, it's just, um, I think the lesson I want to leave here, because I know I'm speaking to a lot of people who drink and will continue to drink. And again, that's all well and good if it works for you. And I really want to say that, you know, if you have never questioned your relationship with alcohol, um, and you're an adult who's been drinking for some time, you likely never will. You know, people who, um, don't question their relationship with alcohol usually don't have any reason for questioning their relationship with alcohol. So one thing is I want to say that, and that, um, this isn't about, you know, me saying don't drink and that that's the way to go. But what I do want to say, what I do want to say is that for anyone listening out there who is questioning their behavior, who's uncomfortable with it, who wants to live a different way, who wants to get to the other side of a complicated relationship with alcohol, but who cannot begin to imagine living life in a world where they're not drinking, I want to say to you, I get it. We live in a culture and in a world where there's alcohol in your face everywhere you go. And particularly as mothers and the mommy wine culture and the idea that we can't get through a day with our children without drinking. I mean, it's, it's literally an epidemic and I understand the feeling that you won't be able to move through life without, without it, because what else will you do or where will you go or what will you drink? i just want to say to you, the process is not quick. Um, it doesn't happen overnight, particularly the mindset shift. I mean, there's initially the shifting from the physical stuff and then just craving sugar and stuffing candy and cookies into your face. And that's a very common thing if you're going to just flat out remove it if you've been drinking a lot. But the mindset shift takes time. It takes dedication. It takes work. So even if you're, you know, a moderate drinker, um, it takes time to shift the way you're doing things um, and focus on approaching things in a different way and all of that, you know, but I just want to say to you, it is possible. And the most significant, important thing that I can say today is that my life, having removed alcohol and the ticker tape, the ticker of seat, like CNN ticker going through my brain of thinking about drinking nonstop, 
of how much I've had, how much I will have, when will I next drink? Oh, wow, I've gone two weeks without it. I'm amazing. Am I going to take 30 days off one time this month? Should I have two drinks tonight or four? If I have four, I won't work out tomorrow. That whole thing. Removing all of that from my life and giving myself a life without those thoughts and without it even being something to consider has given me a life that is more joyful and more colorful and more clear and ultimately more full and happier and complete than I could have ever imagined. And I hear that echoed over and over from people like me who've had a complex relationship and decided to uh, approach it in a different way. So I'm going to leave you here with that and just am so thankful for you listening. And those of you I know and love, and those of you I don't, um, please pass this along to anyone you think might benefit from it because we all know someone who's struggling with this. We all do. And there's, there's another side to it. Um, I would love to be reached out to if anyone wants to talk about this with me. No um, obligatory coaching sign up or anything, but um, if you want to have a conversation, that's great. And if any of you out there do want to do one-on-one coaching about um, changing your relationship with alcohol and setting yourself free with alcohol or anything else, you know, I'm here for that too. And it's Grace Beeson coaching, but, um, you know, I'm here alone in this room doing this, but I want you to know that I feel your love because I know you're there and I get responses from you and it is so special. And, um, you know, this podcast is, um, the greatest gift I gave to myself along with removing alcohol last March. So thank you. And I will be back with you again soon. Take some time for yourself today. Like I always say, even 10 minutes, no matter what that looks like, Um, and yeah, make it a great one. Bye.